It is Friday morning in the AM. Welcome to Kafaru Cast, where I have just gotten back from the panhandle of Texas, where it is cold as hell and it does snow. Where dreams come true. Well, somewhat dreams come true. We've got our good buddy Brian Broderick on the other end of the line, and Frank across from me. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. So, Brian and I just got back from uh, the panhandle of Texas where we went down and hunted our dad. And uh, we uh, met, actually, uh, we, Brian, small world, Brian, guy bought arrows from Brian. And they got to bullshitting. Guy invited us down, said he had a bunch of different places uh, he could get access on for us to go hunt. And then that guy's son, so Scotty's son, Wes, uh, Frank and I had met Wes earlier last year on a cat hunt, uh, if I think I explained that correctly. So kind of a small world, but uh, man, it ended up, I tell you, those little bastards are hard to kill, but I think the weather was as much of a surprise as anything. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> so was it windy or was it just cold or is it both? It was everything. Wind chill. Texas, you don't think it's going to be cold, but I guess you weren't like in the heart of Texas. You were in the the pan, panhandle. Yeah, yeah, can I say that where you guys were at? Yeah, For, I mean, I don't know, Brian. What do you think it got down to? Well, if if you want to paint a good mental picture, um, <clears throat> if you can imagine all the movies after the nuclear apocalypse when there's not a tree <laughs> left, you can. There's no sun. The sun has exploded, and it's. 40 below zero and you're bundled up and the wind's about to cut you in half. That's about half of what I felt like. It, it, uh, I think that one morning it was nine degrees and I would say the wind was probably cranking at a constant 15 to 20 with gusts up to 30 to 40. Um, and, uh, it was bad, but that we got there, we got in pretty early on Saturday, early enough to hunt. And, uh, was it Saturday? Friday. Yeah, Saturday okay. afternoon. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I drove down Friday. I stayed in Amarillo and then picked up Brian at the airport and we met up with Scotty Too Hottie and uh Wes and John and headed out and we got on we we well Wes spotted our dad pretty quick and uh I I gotta say I went after him first down, and then there was some that I couldn't get on. They were too far. Brian dropped after him. Well, then Brian went after these two way up in this canyon. They were pretty much, I'd say, a done deal, except I pushed about 400 cows into them to help Brian out. Is that kind of what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was bad. It was bad. If if you can imagine a... uh a washed-out creek bank, you know, a washed-out creek bed in the middle of this canyon, and the creek bed had, like, 20-foot washed-out cliff walls, undercut cliff walls. And I looked way up this canyon, and I could see just a few up there in that creek, in that wash, which was perfect because you could come in above them over the ledge. And, and there was dead, dead trees right on the edge, only trees around. <laughs> Yeah, there were like six dead cottonwoods right on the edge. So I went all the way around, got downwind, belly crawled up downwind, came up over to the edge behind the trees, looked down. And while I was doing all that, the whole herd came up there and joined those few that I saw. 
And so when I peek up over the edge, there's like 30 of them down there. Let me interrupt what's going on on my brain. I'm thinking Broderick's going to shoot one, and they're going to run right to me. So I'm going to sneak down and come. Like, so here's the, you know, the wash is here. (laughs) Brian's here. I'm going to sneak down and come in above where they're going to run to. Okay, I'll let you continue there. Because I didn't totally try and fuck you from the beginning. It just happened that way. (laughs) (laughs) So I get down there. I crawl up. I get in position. I range them. They're anywhere from 20 yards right under the bank out to 35. Everything's perfect. I got an arrow knocked. I'm on my knees. And one feeds out, and I'm fixing to shoot it at 30. But the one right behind that one was this huge ram. And the, these rams look like, I mean, they look like orangutans with their hair and just their horn. I mean, they're just massive bodies. And I'm going, oh, crap, I got to. They're calm. Everything's cool. Wind's blowing 15 in my face. They can't see me. I'm just going to wait for the next one. Keep in mind, this never happens according to the guys <laughs> we were with, you know, because they just stayed up in the, the truck. And they're like, this never, not up in the truck, but up on the hill, that it never pans out this perfect that i mean this yeah, we, we just got out of the truck this is first day yeah 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 now mind you that by the time i get to where i'm at from where we started i mean we're probably a mile from from where we first got out of you know got out started glassing so we've moved and moved and moved on them so i'm sitting there being patient and and the big ram is starting to feed out from behind the tree and all of a sudden i hear something down the canyon, I think, oh my gosh, there's a truck coming. I'm, so r- I'm running I, to Brian at this point to get above him. <laughs> so I hear, I hear something, and I think a truck's coming, and I look down the hill, and it's a freaking stampede of cattle. Oh, dang. And all the cattle in the valley are running up the wash bed to the Audad full tilt Peterbilt. And I'm like, what in the cat hair is going on? The Audad <laughs> throw their head up, look back. Here comes this whole herd of stampeding cattle running full tilt. And I'm like, oh, crap. I look back down. They're all bugging out. So I take my range finder, and I just range the far bank, and it's 60 yards. I'm like, crap. So I dial my, my bow up to 60. I go ahead and draw. They all run up onto the to me. Op- <laughs> yeah, poor Tim. They run up on the opposite creek bank and stop, and they're standing there. And when they get up on the creek bank, now they can see me. And let me tell you, there is no brush. There's no cover. Everything out there is a half inch tall, grazed down to nothing. And I mean, I'm out. I'm out there just wide open, sticking out like a sore thumb. So, Marty drawn. They come up, they see me, and they're all, all 30 of them are looking at me. And I pick out the biggest ram. He's right on the trail that I ran, so I knew exactly how far he was. So I put the pin on him, and I'm about to squeeze off, and I went, okay, these jokers are on red alert. It's 60 yards. I'm going to put it under his chest like an inch because these things are going to drop like crazy when I shoot. And I shot, and I mean – not a one out of 30 even flinched. I'm talking about they didn't even <laughs> blink. They just stood there. And I shot right under through all that hair. And then they go running up and they run all over Aaron. So 
and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe this crap. I'm breathing would profusely be the right word. I just ran up that thing probably a mile because when Broderick left, I went down, I told John, I was like, I'm going to go up after those two in that canyon. Well, then I see Broderick 400 yards ahead of me. I'm like, well, Broderick's not stupid. He's going to do the same thing I was just thinking of doing. So I cut right, run down the drainage, hook all the way up and around. And that's what the cows, they were running parallel to me because I don't know if they thought I had food. So if you can imagine, this is drainage down here, and I'm up here on the side. The cows are just running abreast to me, <laughs> straight to Broderick, and they won't stop. So he's, he's basically herding the cattle to me. So I have like, I'll stop. They'll come, you know, they'll calm down and come back. They they run to Brian and around me, right? So now I'm like, well, the damage is done. I'm just going to run through these cows. Well, they just think that you're going to feed them, right? So I'm trying to push my way through these cows. I get, and he, Brian must have just shot, because right when I get to the terrace cliffs above the drainage, sheep start running in front of me. And like immediately, there's one 18 yards in front of me, and it stops to look back, and it's it's like the one I shot. Uh, and then two little lambs run under it. And I'm like, shit! And it runs off, and then the big ones are farther away, and they run up the hill. And that kind of was the end of that. I went and watched where they went. So I come down, and Brian makes fun of me for running cattle at him. We go back up on the top and start glassing again, and we find a couple more feeding, right? I guess yeah. from the top. Oh. Yeah, two two more. So John and I go down into this drainage and I'm talking we get down we sneak up on this cattle path we can see them we get to 85 yards and we just stop they're across the canyon and I look back at John this is on video I'm like man if this shit works it's gonna take a miracle I'm like there's no way these things are gonna feed back to us well a few twists and turns aside, 35 come straight <laughs> at us. And so I'm raising, I'm, I'm ranging cow turds, right, for range markers because it's, it's straight down. I mean, straight down. And the biggest cock of the walk, Big Daddy, is like perfect coming straight for the turd. And there's one giant dead tree in the middle. They get to that dead tree and they stop and one of the ones bugs out that smelled us or something. So one of them runs straight up to us, and you want to talk about, I stand up on this screwed-up angle, toes are downhill, they're on a 45-degree slope uphill, I, I'm guessing the yardage, and I shoot and shoot high and right, right over basically like its, it's butt, and I'm like, well, that was a lot closer than I thought. Those things don't know what's going on. They run down and around, they come back up. We rearrange, they're coming at us because they don't know where to go, but they're going to walk in the trail right to us, so... Needless to say, whatever I ranged, um, which was this, I thought it was its head coming at me, but it was a dirt clod. And uh, right when they turned broadside, <laughs> I shot and I blinded all of them with dirt. I nailed whatever I ranged that dirt clod. And then uh, I think, well, then did, Jesus, did I shoot that one the first night? No, it was the second morning. The one I shot? Yeah, it was the second morning. Well, um, yeah, because I mean, keep it. Because remember, we we good Lord, we, my uh, memory's bad. And, well, actually, actually, the um, 
that whole story you just told was the second, the next morning. <laughs> yeah, that was the next morning. <laughs> yeah, because we only had two hours to hunt the first afternoon. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. So, the yeah. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. So, but no, it was the one I shot ended up being the evening. By the time it was all said yeah, and done, yeah, we went back. Yeah, yeah, we went back up in glass and ate, and then we saw them start filtering back in from the mountains behind us or the hills behind us. And that's when me and you and John, after we kind of sat around a while, we went uh, that afternoon, they started filtering back in and we went down the canyon back up. We glassed them. They were in that little bowl. And I said, I'm going to stay here. You guys go around and try to get downwind of them come up from behind. Yeah. So by this time, Frank, what Aaron's leaving out is, is when I got out of the truck the first afternoon and I went down the hill, I don't know what happened, but my left knee just went. He was crippled. Berserk, bonkers. I mean, literally, like I couldn't walk. I he, couldn't bend. He my looked like he got hit with rock salt, still in the neighbor's chickens. <laughs> Sprained a kink. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. When we would drop down into the canyon where he were so if you can imagine it's it's a lot like Alberta. You've got kind of spur draw, spur draw, rolling hills and grass. And so when we see him when we drop down the canyon, we go up, the canyon they're kinda more than most likely gonna come down Roderick sets up on. And so we go up but the wind's bad, um, John and I, and then we turn around and I'm like, Hey, we're gonna have to go all the way around him. So I may have gotten a little excited. I I ran quite a bit. I hauled I don't know how far up to the very top. I'm I'm popping my head up glass and popping my head up glass and we do a complete circle and end up back where Broderick's at. <laughs> so how far were you do you think from the sheep when I shot him? 150 200? No, no, no. Probably like Right, maybe like right at a hundred. But what happened in the meantime was, <laughs> is while they were going around, Scotty comes down. He comes up behind me. He comes crawling up the edge of this bank, and he's like, "Do you see the sheep?" And I said, "No." He said, "They're right there." And he was kind of like thirty yards off to my right, and he could see them from behind this rock. And he's sitting there going, "They're right there. They're coming straight to you. Get ready." I said, "Okay." I said, how far are they now? He goes, well, they're about 100. They're coming right to you. They're going to come right to your right, right down this draw. So I'm sitting there, hey, this is great. We got it. And he goes, oh, never mind. There's Snyder's head. Oh, there's John's head. Oh, he just shot. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I was moving. I got to get rid of this guy. Oh, man, I was running to get to those. Because what do you think that full loop was? Probably a mile? I don't know. I knew I wasn't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so we circled all the way. If you can imagine, up this drainage, all the way around, back down over here. We had dropped Broderick over here, and we come up right to the point, and they're feeding to Broderick. He's down here. So when I come up over the edge, I told John, I'm like, dude, they're right there. They're all right there. Now, we had just sprinted like 400 yards across this flat. I don't think John was real thrilled with me. And we get to the edge, and they're all below, and I'm trying to – pick and choose trying to look and I'm like okay I don't know if that's a male or a female it doesn't have kids it looks plenty big enough to me and from what everyone has told me these things are on free range impossible to kill with a a stick bow so I'm like oh my god I'm gonna this is gonna happen and good lord how how 
what do you think that wind was gusting in the drainage? Oh, it was puffing. There I, ain't no doubt. I mean, I was a frozen icicle sitting there. I promise you that. So I I shoot and I didn't like lead it at all like you would do, <laughs> and it it was cornering away uh, about perfect what you'd want to shoot. And I say my arrow, it was a 30-some yard shot, and my arrow drifted or I plucked the string or whatever happened. I hit it back in the stomach, basically. So you couldn't see that. You just saw me shoot, but you couldn't see the ram, could you? No, I couldn't see it. All I saw was the group, and the group went down in front of me up on this other side, and they were all standing there looking down. I didn't realize that they were looking down 10 yards below that I couldn't see at Aaron's sheet. And then they finally, <laughs> so, they finally walked off. And then Aaron comes walking up there and he says, is that sheep still standing there? And I said, no, they went up the hill. And then he walked down the hill 10 yards. He went, no, dumbass, he's right there. <laughs> still standing. I said, well, I can't see him. So there might've been some Aaron effing made, going on in there too. <laughs> yeah. So keep in mind now, we are now at the starting position where we started all this hour. <laughs> and now Aaron has to make the same loop again to get around behind the sheepy shot. Thank God we're at 3,200 so feet. running again so I, and has to make the same loop and come up behind it. But we're running out of daylight. So I look at my watch and I'm like, okay, I can run up this thing. I can get it up at, in, in a pretty short period of time. So I run all the way to the top. And I get to where I think it is, and I'm like, "Good God, I gotta stop breathing hard." Like I'm, and we're dressed for Siberia, and I'm, I mean, I'm sweating bad now. So I, I look back at you and John, and John's like doing this field goal. He's like, "Come to me, come to me." I might have, I walked, I don't know, what do you think, five yards to it, eight yards? You were laying, was it laying down? All I could see was the top of its horns, and so I'm like, "Okay." You know, whatever, unethical or not, I'm thinking, do I get another one in the back of its neck? Because I know where its neck's at. Do I just get an arrow in it? And I'm like, it can't hear me with this wind. And right when I get probably from me to the corner here, the wall, maybe five to eight yards, the wind swirls. And it just looks back and it runs off. Well, at this time, I've heard how tough these are. It's running to Broderick. It runs, but Brian can't see it. It runs under Broderick, and I'm like, Broderick, shoot that effing thing. <laughs> and he's like, I can't see it. I'm like, dude, it's, what did I say? It's right below you, or it's in the cliffs below you? Well, yeah, I was standing on the edge of a cliff, and it's standing below me while I'm, Aaron's yelling at me, and he's yelling at me because all he sees from his picture is me standing over his sheet. <laughs> he's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, can't see <laughs> Well, because I didn't want it And then it, it goes to... running off to the left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, whatever. I'm pretty desensitized, but I don't want the damn thing to suffer, right? And I've heard how tough these well, are. I didn't either. I mean, I, I had no problem doing that. I mean, I don't like them to suffer either, and I just couldn't see it. Oh, that's what... And yeah. then it went running off to the left, and, it, and John and Scott were with me, and they went, oh, crap, there it goes. <laughs> it so we go down, <laughs> and uh, we, you know, goes down in the canyon, and... And, and uh, Scotty and, and Wes are up at the truck, and they come down and watch it. It kind of runs into them and goes up the canyon, and then we, we pull out, right? We're like, it's going to be bedded within 200 yards. It's supposed to get to, what did they say, six degrees that night? That's right. So we pull out because it's dark now to come the next day. 
The next day, it was so freaking cold. Like, when you would pee, it, like, freeze before it hit the ground cold. <laughs> like, I would have to, I would say with the wind chill, that was probably in the negative Ooh. teens, probably, single digits. It was the kind of cold that your eyelashes would freeze together. Like and, your nostrils when you breathe. Yeah. You feel it. So we go up and look, and we don't. Frank, Frank my, my eyeballs froze, and I had blood vessels busting in my eyeball what? I mean, it, it looked like i'd been in a fight my right eyeball was just all busted blood vessels you know from the cold well when i put my face mask down it was a thinner one my lips were stuck to it <laughs> so my lips were pulling out like this and i'm like and i just reefed it off i'm like oh and so my lips immediately are chapped and i'm like okay so i've got the duck hunting uh muff thing hand warmer hand warmers in there i got hand warmers in my body hand warmers in my mittens <clears throat> i'm pretty much combat ineffective i couldn't shoot shit if it was on top of me but i'm like well i'll just strap my bow to my pack and hopefully we find this thing we looked for probably what two hours yeah and it was snowing too i mean that's what saved us pissing snow so i get lucky i'm like okay just process of elimination we were coming from the other hillside down those guys were coming from the top, definitely favored the downhill side going up. It had to have gone up this drainage. We look, you know what sucked is I walked right by where it was twice. Finally, I get on coyote tracks two or three hours later. I'm like, well, surely these got to lead to something. 15 yards, I hit bloody sheep tracks. 15 yards from that, my father mucking sheep jumps up, still alive, runs away. <laughs> and I'm like... And these guys, we're strung out all over Hell's Half Acre trying to find it. Well, I don't know if these guys saw the sheep take off, so off I go. It runs, what, probably two miles back the other direction. I followed all the way down. I'm speeding this story up a lot because I had several shots where it'd get in the cliffs. I'd see it. I'm pulling my mitts off, pulling my face mat, trying to get to where I can shoot, and then it'd run away, and then I'd track it again. So... Well, let, I would, me, let me stop him right there and tell you that we had been all the way up this drainage a couple of miles, and we had just all gotten back to the truck, and Aaron was the last one when Aaron crossed that track and jumped that sheep. So we were all back, almost back to the truck. We all got there. Scotty says, hey, Aaron, I just saw Aaron. He's just jumped the sheep. I'm going to go help him, and we're going to go up. He's going to follow the sheep up. And I said, okay. I said, I'm just going to tell you. I'm not walking back up that mountain chasing <laughs> the sheep all over creation. I'm fixing it. I said, I know this is your truck. If I break something, I'll pay for it. If I have to buy you a new truck, I'll buy you a new truck. <laughs> but I'm fixing to drive this truck up that mountain, across all those rocks and stuff, find a way to get on top. And he says, you do what you got to do. So we rawhided his truck up the side of this mountain, and we may have bottomed it out a few times, Scotty. I'm sorry. And then we got on top. So <laughs> once you got on top, it was like flat grass, you know. So give and me once an we idea. got that thing up the mountain on top, we drove all the way to the north, and then Scotty came up to us, and we could actually watch Aaron stalk this sheep a mile. We watched the whole drainage. But we got up there because we wanted to see if the sheep popped out and crossed over into another drainage. We would be able to see it from where we were. And keep in mind, I can see them. And it wasn't, you guys were two and a half miles back bef 
yeah. from they were a long ways back. So on my GPS, from the moment I jumped it, I walked 11 miles total because it kept circling around. And I would say, Broderick, you probably walked four or five. I know Scott walked oh, at yeah. least. I mean, I I just kept telling myself there's snow. It cannot run for too long. Eventually, it's going to have to bed down. Well, once we got in that pinch point canyon, I'm looking at the. I'm on top, looking at tracks down on the bottom, following it because I'm thinking I'm going to be able to catch it. I go all the way to the very end to where there's this dam, like a dirt dam. And I'm like, surely I would have seen it come out of there. It's got to be in there. And this is a shitty deal. I go to these cliffs, right? I look around. I don't see tracks coming out. And I'm like, okay, I'm pulling out. I'm going to go get everyone. I walk all the way back, which I'm still not warm yet. It's that cold, right? I get all the way back. And and Brian's like, man, let's just get back up there. We'll get on top of them. We'll all watch. And it can't get away from us. It's got to be in there. And I'm like, man, it is. You're right. It's got to be in those cliffs or in one of those drainages we didn't see come out. I stood above that sheep for five minutes. What was I, probably 10 feet above it when I took that shot? 12 feet? Oh, yeah. Yep. I stood above it and I could not see it where I was at. So when I went. Because it was so steep? It was cut under in oh. between two rocks. So when you Undercut hear me by- shoot. I'm shooting between a hole four inches wide and when I shoot. So we get in there, and, um, man, what we get on top, and I would say, well, yeah, Broderick's funny. He's like, I don't want to be hi-hatting this shit. Someone needs to get up high and watch this damn sheep. <laughs> to, to see where it's going. Well, if the problem was, We were all together was, down there. We were all standing in the bottom. Yeah. Everybody's down in the bottom of this canyon. We're following blood. And I was like, look, I'm not sitting here trying to be Mr. Hi-Hat, but if we're all down here and there's nobody up high and this thing squirts out of one of these bottoms and jumps over, nobody's going to know. Yeah. So Wes went up top and got high so he could see if the thing came out. Well, once he got up high, we took two more steps and John looks over and says, oh, crap, I can see its horns. We were standing 20 yards from it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So I go back to where... I'm on top to where I stood for 10, 15 minutes earlier. I look down, I can't see it, and I circle all the way around, and I've got a hole probably as wide as, oh, a little bit wider than an algae. And I can see, I, it's the femoral. I can see, I can hit it, and I'm like, well, I'll just get one in the femoral because I don't have another, I don't have another shot. That's the only angle I got. So uh, did you see the shot? I'm all hunched over, crooked, trying to get my arrow in there at that angle. You can hear my arrow bouncing off crap on the way. Hits the artery, runs out, and runs up the hill, beds in the grass, and we end up putting another arrow in it. Just basically it was already dead, but just to be sure. So we get that done, and I don't know what – the temperature is probably at that time 12, 13 degrees. Wind's still blowing. And, uh, you know, we went and looked around, and we found some – a few other sheep, um, but nothing crazy. So, what we hunt for one more day, I guess, in that on that well, property. Let me, let me, Go ahead. I kind of want to. I kind of want to tie all this your sheep up into. into I want to tie it up a little bit and say this: that most people don't talk about that type of situation where an animal is wounded and you have to, you know, finish it off. Most people leave those things out. 
And yeah, I hate that. What, what, yeah, and what I want to say is, is that, you know, from the time Aaron shot that sheet to the time we recovered it, um, we had spent basically the you know the rest of the day like the first day, and then that was probably two thirty, three o'clock, probably about two or two thirty that afternoon. Twenty we, hours. I mean, we literally, yeah, we spent the entire group. Like we didn't, like I didn't, like I didn't break off with one of the other guys and go hunt somewhere else. The entire group, you know, all five of us spent that entire time to recover that sheep. And we knew that that sheep was mortally wounded. And so, you know, I know it's, it's not the, the, the story that people like to hear about, you know, quick clean kills, but it was also a story that people need to hear about being responsible and putting in the time to find a wounded sheep. And and we did it, and it was hard. And uh, John, on his calculator, he figured that, because uh, he, he and I walked together most of the time, uh, we, we, we put in 8.6 miles that day, and Aaron was up almost to 12 yeah. to recover that sheep. And, I, I, you know, I was actually talking to Randy Cooling about this. He had done a seminar the day before and he had done a spiel on not giving up like don't give up if you know you've hit that animal it's mortally wounded you know don't 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 stop and so I I told Scott I said hey if I get to a fence I'm gonna call you you know because it's there's all kinds of triple strand barbed wire fence whatever the hell they're called and I'm like if I get to a fence and call you just get me permission I and I said man I'll walk till my feet fall off I said I, I I'll walk until dark I said this thing's gonna die I'll walk it to death and I mean with common sense I wasn't walking it and pushing it obviously but I needed to have get it to a point well honestly how it happened as far as you couldn't have planned it better because it ended up at the end of that long drainage it didn't squirt out where anyone saw it, so we knew is what it was. What I was hoping would happen is it would get to a certain spot that we knew it was there, and I could get a good shot at it to finish it off. And so, I mean, from what, yeah, it's not the perfect story, but shit doesn't always pan out like you want it to. And one common sense in tracking, um, none of we didn't all stick together. We all branched out. We all looked in the cubby holes, and we all, you know what I mean, like everybody was as effective as they could be. And then two, be smart. Birds and coyotes, I would have never went back to where that animal was. That animal's smart. He knows where it's most protected. Um, what brought me to that was coyote tracks. And those coyote tracks were fresh, and they looked like they were running. And I'm like, well, that's probably going to that sheep. I mean, it's going back the direction of, you know, where, where we were at. And it ran right to it. And then obviously... If I would have stayed in the bottom, it would have been a lot more difficult and I would have pushed that sheep a lot more because I couldn't see in the bottom. So I got up on the high ridgeline of the, the drainage or the gully or whatever you want to call it, and I would look at the tracks in my binos and then f know how far it was gone or where it was at. And there was probably three or four different times that it bedded that I went down to get a shot that I just couldn't get my, I couldn't have my hands exposed for what, 30 seconds probably? Is that, I don't know, I can't take it as much as you. I could, it was so cold, I couldn't have my fingers out for more than 30, 40 seconds. And so when I would get to the edge where, where I thought it was, I'd be peeling off gloves. Well, I'd get to the edge, I couldn't 
take it anymore. I'd have to put my gloves <laughs> back on. I'd go up to the next edge. Well, at a certain point in time, I just can't have my hands exposed. I'd see it or it, I'd walk into it because I didn't know exactly where it was at. And it would take off and go up the canyon to where I finally am just like, okay, I'm going to wait until it's in a spot that I may not see it. But I know it's there that it, it cannot get out of, which is exactly what ended up happening. So, yeah, definitely don't give up and yeah. use, use common sense when you're tracking anyway. Well, we drove the truck up and got up on top of that mountain. <clears throat> we went as far north as we could go so we could see. That was the highest point. But when we got up there, we got up to a, a, a pasture fence. And I asked Scotty, I said, is, is the because, you know, there's a lot of the stuff is cross-section, so it's all the same owner. It's just, you know, it's got, it's fenced into separate pastures. And I said, is that next north, next north pasture ours? And he said, no, it's not. And I said, well, if you look, Aaron is going up that drainage. We could see him to our left. He's working the drainage north. I said, he's going to hit that fence. And so Scotty got on the phone and called the guy. Oh, I remember his name. I won't say it, though. But he called the guy, and the guy answered the phone, and he told him that we were after a sheep. And that guy said, man, do whatever y'all got to do. And if you guys need to, if you get the sheep, <clears throat> you can drive all the way around on the highway, like 15, 20 miles, and come in from the north, and you can drive in on my north gate, and you're welcome to go in to, re- to recover. So not only did the guy let us go try to find the sheep, he also gave us permission to go retrieve it. Which saved us because once we got the sheep down, we were able to bring the truck all the way around and not have to pack it back eight miles. And which give it a, hurt. give an idea. Yeah, it was about eight miles, and it was twenty minutes driving to get back around to where we were at. So, um, so we that that was kind of well, I guess on that one. And and I'm I'm actually doing a podcast later with uh, Joel Turner. Um, well, actually, for different reasons because. Uh, well, I wouldn't even bring that up, but you got to have the total package. And I'm not saying I have the total package because I shot it in the stomach, but meaning you need to make sure you have the, the field craft or woodsmanship. We were all good trackers. You need to make sure you have a fitness level. I, I will we'll keep Brian out of that because his knee was broken, <laughs> <laughs> but be able to walk, be able to have common sense, try to be able to shoot. You got to make sure you've kind of got all those things because if you stay determined. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, if you have the determination and you're smart enough to track and everything else, it'll eventually, you know, pan out for you. Obviously all the help was a big part of it too. I mean, it was nice to have, everyone there i'm sure i would end up walking a lot more than i than i already had so um but let's move on to the next canyony godforsaken uh property that we got to go hunt go ahead because you're the one that ended up well, killing one there. yeah we, <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we uh we, we hunted one more day on those properties down there and saw just a very very few sheep so we were pretty confident that all all our our the goings and doings in there kind of pushed them off the ranch and mind you these are gigantic ranches like tens of thousands of acres so we were harassing them obviously pretty bad for them to move off all of that but um so we packed up and he was telling us about this area south uh in this incredible canyon and all this area down there and this, this place called paladura canyon which is real famous down there and um so we packed up and drove, I don't know, two or three hours south and uh, went and stayed at this wonderful facility, little motel, um, five-star accommodations. And um, Wrong. We, uh, and I'm, yeah. <laughs> and so um, 
And so we go out to this, we go out to this, this new ranch on this canyon, and we go out the first afternoon and we meet uh, his buddy, the owner, and, and he's kind of showing us around. And everywhere he's showing us, I mean, there's deer, whitetails, mule deer, and there are sheep. I mean, you can see them on the hillsides, see them up the sides of these meadows. There's sheep everywhere. Uh, we see hogs. And Aaron are like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I mean, we're just pinging. We're ready. And then um, so the next day we get up, and the next day was 11. It was starting to warm up a little bit. <laughs> it was 11. I was so f- – It was blowing up. It, well, yeah. let's it, just it – it was cold. Start out by saying I totally, and it wasn't my fault. I'm blaming Scotty. Um, we kind of wind screwed Broderick. So us moving from a, the uh, Frank, you see, there's a pattern for me. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my choice. Scotty's the one that wanted to go back there. But we get out of there, and 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 Scotty and I go to a new area, and then and Brian and John are hanging out at this this other area. Um, so for the first two hours, the chances of Brian actually seeing a sheep other than running away are slim because my wind is basically blowing up and over towards Brian down the canyon the sheep are coming from to get to Brian. So the moment we left, you actually got into something after that, didn't you? <laughs> well, we're, we're, sitting there, we're sitting there, and these sheep are coming down this, this mountain because this canyon, and we're on, like, the sheep trails of all sheep trails. And... They're coming down, and then they hit this spot, and they're, like, wigging out, wigging out, and they turn, and they're running running away. And I'm like, what in the world? And I keep checking my puffer, checking my puffer. And I tell John, I said, man, I don't know what's going on because Aaron and Scotty are down that way. They're way downwind of us. And, and John's like, no. When they left us this morning, they looped around, and they went back up that way. And I said, what the hell did what they do that for? <laughs> they're, they're, right, they're upwind of everything. And he goes, I said, well, hell, now I know what's going. I said, we're going to have to move. So, so then he gets a text from Scotty. They're leaving, and they leave, and then the sheep start filtering in. So we move down this draw so we can move in closer on them. And we get down there, and I'm like, well, crap, here's where all the sheep are, and there's damn boot tracks in the sand. Well, that was these two Nimrods. They were walking down in the bottom, you know, and we don't even know they're down in there and they're blowing all the sheep out. So once they were gone, these jokers started coming through and man, we had them all over us and every medium size and under sheep walked all over me all day. But the big ones I never could get close to, but I knew then we had two more days to go and it was it was going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, in I will say I may or may not have missed three toads in the, <laughs> in the other spot in the next three days. So the thing with these, you know, with the owl dad, like getting, I, I mean, with this, so there's a lot of cedars and a lot of mesquite where we were at. And so for me to stock in into bow range was not overly difficult but I felt even though it's it's Texas and there's a lot of wide open where these things were kind of migrating through the canyons. And I mean, I don't where you shot yours was more wide open where we were on that other side. Getting close was relatively easy with enough hard work. Getting close and having a shot through some of this shit like the one I shot at was every bit of 30, 31 inches. 
and I think I hit about 14 mesquite branches on the way to it, and my arrow was probably 50 to 60 yards behind it after it got done bouncing around on shit. And, I mean, and they were, they were big sheep. The thing was is I actually was at times within you know, range of multiple other sheep. But at that point I'd already shot one and I was trying to shoot a, a big one. And, uh, I, I would say, I mean, Brian chime in what you think, if you have stocking ability and a decent amount of common sense and you're willing to go the distance, it's very doable, but you have got to be willing to, in your case, what sit for six and a half hours in one spot. And how long did you sit by that windmill? Uh, by the windmill. Well, whatever. I'm saying windmill. I came late to the party. When you shot yours, how long were you stuck oh, out in them? Dude, I'm not fucking kidding. 50 mile an hour winds, <laughs> and this poor bastard is in the broad, wide open, because that's where all the sheep were. But how long were you stuck out there? Well, Frank, let me tell you this. <laughs> so, you gotta where be committed. we started the first morning, where we started the first morning, where Aaron and Scotty kind of boogered us up, it was on a. It was across this huge canyon on a whole other side of this property, and we. And so this morning, that the morning that I shot my sheep, we started there, and we had sheep all over us. I actually belly crawled within thirty yards of five of them, um, and but I just couldn't get up and shoot. But anyway, keep really mind he's looking real- like. Captain Barbosa because he's only got one leg <laughs> limping everywhere. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I can't bend my leg. It, the pain is incredible. So anyway, we're, we start on this one place, but we know about a mile and a half, two miles to our, I guess it would be to our east, there's another uh, area where the sheep have been coming out in this corner. So we go down this canyon, back up the other side. We go through all these cedars, and we're going to slip through all these cedars where we've seen sheep all morning and try to spot them and move in. Well, we get, I don't know, a couple miles over, and we find this gigantic herd of sheep, and we're trying to get ahead of them. And so John says, listen, it looked like we had blown it, and they were, they were gone. So they had just gotten ahead of us, and they had spooked, and the wind was bad. And they, and this, I'm talking about a hundred sheep, Frank. I'm not talking about. I mean, it's like a hundred. Damn. And so they take off, and they go way to the north down in this canyon. And so John says, "Listen, man, I know you're hurt. I'm going to hike back to the truck. I'm going to drive all the way around. Why don't you walk up to that road? It's about a mile up there. It's flat, and I'll pick you up up there." I said, "Okay." So I'm fixing. He leaves, and I'm about to do that. And I notice that these sheep get down in this canyon, and they stop and they start feeding, and they're like a mile away to my north. And I was like, "Heck with it, man. They're there. They're in thick cover. I've got to go do this." So I hobble down through this canyon. What I didn't realize was what I couldn't see is between me and them was a hellhole, like <laughs> cliff straight down, cliff straight up. Oh dang! No way around it. So I had to crawl through that thing, climb up the other side. Now I'm about to die. I get into all these sheep, but I just can't get on a big one. I've got all these, you know, ewes and medium young rams all around me, but I can't. And they finally spook, and they run about another mile out to the northwest and on this huge point overlooking the canyon. And it was just wide open flat on this big, like one of the highest points overlooking this canyon and they get way out there and then they, they settle down and they start to feed 
So I just slowly work my way back out there, and I find this big trash pile of, of where they pushed up some trees, and I sit behind that thing. And I don't know if I told you this or not, Aaron, but um, but I'm sitting there, and uh, these sheep, I'm sitting there watching them, and I hear something look behind me, and five sheep walk 20 yards to my left. They walk, I mean, they walk right by me from behind me, going to the other sheep, but there wasn't a big one in that. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I might be. This is, they came in on the same trail that these came in on, and these other sheep, they may, when they get ready to come back out, they may come down that same trail. So I just waited. On the, like on the, I'm like on the surface of the moon. No trees, no nothing. It's blowing, I don't know how hard, and I am freezing to death. And I sat out there all morning, and about, I guess about 12.30, 1 o'clock, they all go over and they go down to my left and I see a pinch point down there where a canyon comes out and I know that they're going to go around the rim of this little canyon, this little wash. So I run down there, hobble down there. And by the time I get out to this little point where I'm going to set up, all the sheep are already coming. And I mean, they're coming and, um, the wind's perfect. They get by me. And then the last sheep in the bunch, I'm belly crawling up trying to get within range. They're all about 80, 90 yards. And I finally get up. The last sheep in the bunch is one of the big rams. And he crosses and he's coming through right at 60 yards, which is a long way for me. But um, I took a few shots during the week at 60, like out in the field, and I was so confident. And I knew that they didn't drop the way deer and stuff drop so i wasn't worried about him moving based on our first experience and so anyway i I, uh he was kind of cornering away and i put it on him shot and i hit him back but i guess i hit him through the liver sure looked like Uh, it yeah yeah and he literally ran 30 yards and 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 bedded up right there and so i just i said okay well i'm gonna you know well before he ran before he ran he kind of ran and stopped and i shot at him again and missed and then he stopped. He ran back towards me. I shot again and missed. <laughs> this is long shot. I'm trying to put a second arrow in him. And then he ran up and he bedded down. And um, so I just laid there and waited for these. I, you know, called him and told him where I was. And I was waiting, waiting for these guys to come get me. And we, you know, we pulled him out of there. But um, and it, it was pretty damn cool because when we're coming down to, I'm from a hunting perspective adding, you know, two plus two equals four, figuring out where he was, where Brian ended up, and then where the sheep was, I'm like, that miserable bastard must have just been, because <laughs> the wind is cranking. Like, I would say 40 to 50 mile an hour gusts, like the kind that'll oh, bend your, the front door to your, you know, your front quarter panel if you're not careful. And so watching where he ended up, because he's like, okay, go from the windmill that red roofed house that's like 10 miles away. Head to the red roofed house and you'll hit me. Well, we get all the way to the wood line in the canyon. And I'm like, Jesus, he hobbled his fucking ass all the <laughs> Sorry, preacher. He hobbled his butt all the way down here and then you and you got it. So I was laughing because the whole time I'm thinking, because his face looked like I slapped the piss out of him. It was red, red from being wind burnt. Well, you should see it now. <laughs> I mean, it, I... I, I I look like a glazed donut. My whole face is like crusty skin falling off where I'm so badly windburned. It is bad. It is, I mean, I've never, I've never been cold like that in my life. It was, it was bad. Well, while Brian was doing that that day, I got on another 
what do you call it, King Dingaling in the cliffs. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it, uh, well, AJ's going to be able to buy that stalker if I keep saying, you know, I mean, or yeah, no. I can't remember exactly what at all he had to put in his money jar. But uh, did you see that post AJ said, if I say, yeah, no, or 100%, and yeah. every animal I kill, he was putting money in his money jar to buy a, a stick bow? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> He's going to be rich. He's going to be rich soon. So <laughs> we get in that those cliffs, and I know it's a vertical cliff where these sheep are traveling from. And I can see him coming, but I've got no shot and no place to hide behind. So I run forward to where these sheep are coming, and I'm trying to guess where they're going to go down. And I guessed wrong. I ended up being just past where they went down. They drop in, and it's terraced. If you can imagine a vertical cliff of 20 yards and then a dirt bank where they all bed up. And what I was hoping would happen is they would get in that dirt bank and bed up, and I would just shoot one you know, in its bed. Well, I don't know exactly what happened but they come and they get on that dirt bank and they're not moving they're getting ready to go to the next you know level down and which is just about impossible to get on them down there so I didn't have time to range I just gripped it and ripped it and I, I figured it was 30 and I think I was off by a solid eight yards and my arrow landed about at its feet and that was another giant one and then uh, I had one other shot because I had missed, I shot three, I missed three times all from defrections and, and missed, you know, I say missed yardage, but gripping it, ripping it and hoping for the best. But it was a good time. I mean, I, I would do that again every year. I mean, you definitely need to be fit and ready to be in some pain in the cold weather. But I mean, it's, it's doable. Now I will say where we went, those guys said that that was like nothing they'd ever seen before as far as right place, right time. It just happened that they were all feeding in that. You know what I mean? Like we came at there at a good time. Well, what happened was, is that when I started talking to Scotty about this hunt, it was just a few weeks ago. And I looked at the weather, and it was, you know, predicting, like, teens for this past week. And I said, hey, is there any way you could do I mean, this was, like, a couple weeks' notice. I said, is there any way you could do it in a couple weeks, like, you know, 10 or 12 days from now? And he said, yeah, let me make some calls. Because I looked at that weather, and he was describing the property to me about, about how these sheep come out of these canyons and feed up in these pastures. Well, let me tell you, man, I don't care what kind of critter you are. When it's eight degrees, you have got to go feed. I mean, they've got to go up and feed, you know. Um, so I wanted to hunt that cold weather. But, man, Frank, let me tell you this, though. The whole reason, the whole one of the big keys to success for this whole thing is when we got there, Scotty and Wes and John, we started hunting together. They made it very clear. They said, listen, guys. We do bow hunt, but we don't do this kind of bow hunting very much. And we're going to let you guys basically do what you want to do. And so I've been so many places to where, you know, a guide or an outfitter thinks that they have to tell you everything to do. They feel like they have to do it. And I don't know if it's an ego thing or if it's just what they're used to, but Scotty's like, look, you guys do what y'all want to do. I'm, you know, I'm here to help do whatever we need to do. And, you know, when they made good suggestions, I mean, we were all doing it collectively. It wasn't just some guy telling you this is what you had to do and, and, and handicapping or handcuffing you. 
and they just let us do our thing. And that was the that was one of the, the critical keys to success on this is it was just um, you know it was up to us to be successful or fail, wouldn't you say, Aaron? Yeah. Well, it was just nice because they basically got us permission on the land and then gave us the info we needed. Of they're usually here. Let's check here. And then once we left the truck, we were all on our own or what, you know what I mean? We'd hike over in glass or split up or whatever, but it, it was, it was just handy to have someone there that knew the area, could get us on the land and knew like where the animals were like, okay, usually we've been seeing them in here or the cattle rancher saw them over here. Cause it's so vast and so big. You would, wouldn't think that a cattle rancher saying, Hey, I saw four sheep here, uh, yesterday. Well, what was that one property's 28,000 acres or something? <laughs> or I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, how do you for you you wouldn't think, but you get over there and you walk 5 or 6 miles glassing, you'll eventually find them cuz it's desolate. There's just nothing there. So it was it was yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, it was it was cool. Um and I mean, and, well, it was cool because these guys knew sheep. I mean, they knew they've hunted these sheep. They knew them. They knew what they were going to do. They were telling us, hey, here's the places that they're going to lay up. Here's where they're going to move out. I mean, Scotty knows sheep. That was the beauty of it. But when it came to us making a strategy about how to position to get a shot, they just let us do our thing. And that was what was so cool. You know, we didn't have somebody with their, with their hand on our collar saying, hey, go over here, stand here, do this. You know, and I, I can't stand that stuff. And that's what I loved about it is they knew the sheet, they knew what they were going to do, and then they turned us loose for the stalks. And, man, it's just that, that's, that was a dream hunt for me, believe it or not. I mean, I know it's not a, uh, you know, an indigenous animal or whatever you want to call it, but it's an you know, introduced species. But, man, those things are just they're, – they're just incredible in that free-range wild country. What, are they, uh, what do you guys think they're comparable to as far as, like, a, a Western game? I'd say an antelope and a sheep or a mountain goat that had a baby. They're, uh, man, they seem to have pretty damn good vision. Um, I mean, they're skittish, like kind of a skittish whitetail antelope, but they can climb like a mountain goat, and they'll jump off a cliff quick. I was surprised. Like, I thought I had these ones jammed in where I could get a shot. So I, you know, came over the top of them. Hell, they just must have jumped down. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but, I mean, I don't know. What What do you think, Brian? Well, I saw the trails on the cliff faces that they go down, and I was thinking, next. And and then I watched them go down these things and like drop from spot to spot like a mountain goat. And uh, and I think their bodies, like I mean, like their legs, their bones, they're real big boned animals and very dense like a mountain goat. Real chest um, heavy. They're all their weights up front. Yeah, and their eyes. Are a, they're definitely a sheep eye. They definitely have, you know, a magnification, some type of magnification in their eyes, the way that, you know, you can look at them. And, um, but I mean, you, you, you can't get away with crap with those things because, I mean, if there's 20 or 30 of them in a group, you're getting pinched. That's the other if you problem. Try to move, one of them's going to bust you. A lot of eyeballs is a big problem. Like, I had multiple opportunities inside of 40 yards. When I say opportunities on big rams, but on the way in, inevitably something would see me when I made that in the red zone to where I could have shot other, you know, females or or young males, but the big ram 
I mean, the moment one of those other ones got twitchy, he got the hell out of there. Like, you know, and, and so that, you know, that's kind of a problem. I mean, when you got 60 eyeballs, it's pretty hard to sneak through that. And once one of them gets twitchy, they all go on red alert. They bunch up and then they haul butt. And when they bunch up, you can't just shoot amongst them, you know? So it's almost this protective mechanism that they have. But I would say that I, 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 have, I have two takeaways as far as a strategy for anybody that's going to go do it. Number one, when, you, when you're, number one, hunt alone. When I say hunt alone, don't have two guys trying to go in on one group. Not going to work. I, I didn't see um, a problem. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a smart yeah. ass. I said I didn't see a problem. Oh shit. Yeah. No, but you know what I'm saying though. I mean, you need to it needs to be once you get to a point where you're gonna make a stalk and move in on some sheep, it needs to be a solo deal. Um just because the eyes win everything. But number two, I think really the key to it is 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 you've got to find these pinch points to where, you know, there's a canyon or there's something or there's a a rim that they're trying to stay below below so they don't get seen. And you try, you've got to try to identify this, you know, figure out how to set up on that pinch point with the wind, and you've got to be patient and let them come to you. Pushing towards these sheep is very difficult. Letting them come to you, I think, is the strategy because, you know, we had plenty of opportunities where we got really close and we're trying to ease in within range, and we blew it. But once we got to a point and stopped and had them where they were feeding or moving towards us, that's where our success was a lot more, uh, I know we had a lot more opportunities that way. Well, and coming from the bottom of the canyon, trying to stock up in those cedars, I could always get within shooting range of something. It may have been a kid, it may have been a small, but something's going to pick you out in those cedars because you cannot be as alert as 20 rams or 20 sheep and something's going to see you. So I, I agree with Brian. I mean, I would say the number one reason uh, other than luck, I got the shot on the one I did was one, we saw where they were. So, you know, but two fitness, I mean, whatever, being able to run that far to get around them and get a shot was, you know, right place, right time. But if that's enough, if you got a fitness level or you can predict where they're going to go and get in front of them, you've pretty much got her licked. And that's what we were able to to do really on both of the ones we've got one way or another, we were just able to get to where they were, where they were going. Well, I'll tell you this, Frank, if, if, uh, when I, when I killed my sheep, I was at one of the highest points on the ranch mm-hmm. and I could look back and I could see the truck park across this Canyon, across this big hillside. I could see the truck park where I'd started at daylight that morning. And I said, you know, if somebody can't come get me, I'll probably just die on this hill with this sheep. <laughs> it was a long, it was a long ways away. Oh, shit. I'm yeah. not walking back. I would say it was <laughs> probably f- four or five miles, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For it was sure. so... We, I had to go through those two canyons. I got so effed yeah. up at the top when we when we moved the truck around trying to figure out where he was because there's windmills all over. I'm looking at the wrong windmill. I'm like... <laughs> Is that the windmill? Is that it doesn't look right? And they're like, no, hell no. And they're like, it's like 45 degree off where I'm looking. And I'm like, then I'm looking back where they started. I was like, that's that barn because there was kind of a barn where it was parked. Yeah, it was every bit of four or five miles. So you better be willing to walk. Yeah, it was brutal. Or limp in his yeah. case. 
limp limp your way into success, buddy. Yeah. Hey, do we want to talk at all about the the um, the heads? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I um um we 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 have our our head that we've been working on and, and broad, uh, broadhead. Broadheads, yeah, our broadheads we've been working on, and and Aaron was shooting a wider one, I was shooting a smaller one, and and um, you know, as far as just the flight and all, I have uh, I'm extremely happy with everything there as far as performance with flight, noise, all that, and I mean I can't complain uh, as far as uh, you know the the holes on the sheet. I mean there's no, I, I you know I, only been able to shoot one animal. It's hard to get you know, the data with it, but I mean, I'm just excited that, uh, it'd be an interchangeable blade where you can do an inch and a 16th or an inch and three eighths. So, um, that I, I liked it. I mean, I'm excited about it. People have been asking, so I figured we might as well bring it up. It, it is coming. Um, I don't know that Brian, you know more about that than, than, than I do, but, uh, they are, they are coming. Yeah. Well, we, we got, we got, uh, while we were gone, uh, the five, the final, um, the final samples of the, uh, of the blades, uh, came in, I'm sitting here looking at them now. They shipped in while we were gone. So I came back to those. Um, we had made a few tweaks as far as the sharpening process and I checked them last night and was absolutely giddy. I mean, I just overjoyed with the, with the edge on these things. Um, the, the struggle we had was getting somebody to make it out of the, uh, the particular, um, the specific feel the material that we wanted. Um, and, uh, we finally found somebody to do it. They've done an incredible job. And so, uh, we made a few tweaks to the ferrules, uh, and they're in production now. So I'd say it's looking like May 1st, you know, the first week in May, something like that. We should, we should have them uh, up and available on the website. So, uh, in the interim, we're going to figure out some more stuff to chase and, and, uh, and uh, shoot and do some more testing just to see, but uh, I feel real good about them. Uh, probably going to run them through some hogs here in the next uh, few weeks. Well, it's still cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, man, that was fun. We should hop off here. I got to do another podcast, or we do. I don't know if Frank's going to hop on this next one or not, but uh, yeah, man, it was a kick in the ass. And yeah, I definitely want to thank uh, Scotty and Wes and John. That was a, a fun trip. And I'm going to, we didn't have them on this one because I want to do a podcast with those guys because they do. You know, obviously with the Aldad, it was more getting access for us and letting us know, like Brian talked about where they were, but they offer, they do have fully guided uh, turkey and whitetail and mule deer hunts. So I want to get them on so he can kind of talk about his history. They've got it up in Montana. Wes was a, well, he, you know, full ride scholarship uh, bareback rider. They run cats. They do all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to get them on separately. Um, but what's Scotty's outfit, Topo Line? Texas, what's it called? It, it's uh, to, it's Topo Texas Outfitters. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can I can tell you this: their their whitetails are as good as anywhere in Texas. Their mule deer are excellent. Um, but you are not gonna find better human beings to spend time with. You're just not gonna. I mean, they are the the finest people. I mean, they're just the most accommodating, easygoing. Um, it just they're just a pleasure to be around you and to me that's that's one of the most important things when i choose who i'm going to go hunt with and pay to hunt with is it's just people i want to spend time with and they're just they're just a ball and their hunting is excellent that country is 
so rugged. It's beautiful. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. I love it up there. I can't wait to get back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, there's another dollar for AJ. Um, well, cool, man. Uh, well, yeah, you, everybody, uh, you can check out some of the photos. I posted them up if you guys want to see, uh, you know, the trip on my Instagram page. Uh, but other than that, man, yeah, look forward to hunting again. Um, I'm not sure. Frank and I might go down and hunt turkeys with Scott. I know we're going to Colorado, so all kinds of events planned for the future. But, uh, but yeah, awesome time. All right, and see you guys later. That was an awkward silence. <laughs> See you, man. <laughs>